I was praying yesterday in the afternoon. I was driving and uh, I was talking to the Lord. I asked the Lord to be used of him. <laughs> and then I look at my phone and I got a text message from Pastor. He said, I want you to preach at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, but if you don't want to, understand short notice. And my flesh said, no. No, 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 no. That's what it said. And I said, yes, Lord. Because God said, well, didn't you just ask me? Be used to me? And I said, yes, sir. So this is, I'm on the bottom of the barrel. That's what you got this morning. I'm trying to calm down here. We're at 9... 10.35. Okay. Alarm will go off. Job. Book of Job. Another time, uh, Brother Hendricks was in town. We had the conference over in, um, it was a men's conference over at Gantt Street, where they feed you, and they have preachers, and same, same, similar, very similar prayer situation. I was praying in the parking lot, asking the Lord to be used of them. The twins were on their way. We know about the trip going to India, and I thought, Lord, it sure would be nice to go, but let everybody else take care of that. We've got twins coming, starting this business. But I want to be used of you, God. See Brother Hendricks in the line to get food, and he says, Brother Cam, hey, good to see you, good to see you. Yeah, I said, yeah, you must be excited about everybody coming over to see you in India, right? He says, yeah, you're coming, right? And I said, hmm. And he said, yeah, I want you to preach. And I said, yes, sir. The Lord did it again. And I'll tell you another time, but we'll get to the message. All right, let's pray. Father, you are good to us. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for this day that you have given to us. Thank you for the strength in our bodies. Lord, don't take it for granted, the good health that you've given to us. Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving us a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, the teacher and the comforter. pray that you please help us now as we uh, hope to hear from you from the Scriptures. Please bless the preaching. Please keep me out of the way that you would be high and lifted up. And pray for the souls of the souls of those that are lost, that don't know you've never been born again. I pray for them to be saved. I think that's your desire, that's your will. None, that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. Please help us Christians to be more like you, Jesus. Please get the draw, just that old sin, that old nasty stuff out of us, that we could be more like you. I'm asking your precious name, give thanks in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tissue, there it is. Okay, Job chapter 1. The Bible says, verse 1. Get my notes. There was an... Uh, there was a man in the land of Uz <clears throat> whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. That's quite the testimony. That is quite the testimony. I think it's something we all should strive for. And I think we all have the power to do that if we're born of God's Spirit, right? Born of the Spirit of God, then you've been given the power to overcome sin. And if we could have that testimony to be perfect, to be upright, and one that feared God, and shoot evil, shoot, shoot, shoot evil, get out of here, go, go. He didn't want nothing to do with it. Just shoot, shoot. Verse 2, and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. 
10 kids. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So this, this first five verses, I think we see a, a great illustration of diligence. Job took a lot of careful attention to do something that probably, it's my mind, I don't think I would have had that kind of a diligence to, to, to do this for, for my kids. You know, they, it says that, that they all came together, they had a feast, and in, in everyone in his day, and they called their sisters, and they, they had a, a gathering, a feasting. And it says there in verse 5, And Job sent and sanctified them. And he rose up early in the morning. It's one of those first fruits, one of those things he did early in the morning. Was went, to, went to be with the Lord. And at that time, he was offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all, according to all of his kids. He's, he's giving these offerings early in the morning because he wants his kids to be right with God. And he wants to be right with God. That's, that's, some, that's some diligence. It's an admonition to me as a parent. He did that. And, I mean, all the little things I need to be aware of and know what's going on in my kids' lives and... Whew. There's, uh, there's some room for opportunity there. Verse 6, that's not the message. Verse 6, the uh, Bible goes on to say, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Now this is what God says about Job. That's what God said. Let God be true and every man a liar. That testimony that God provided, you, you, can't, you can't refute it. He was a perfect man. He was upright. He feared God and he shewed evil. So we see in verse 8, something kind of interesting, and is that Satan is offered Job by God. The Lord said unto Satan, Satan! What about Job? I know you've been walking to and fro, up and down the earth. You've been looking around so you can devour, who you can, who you can destroy. Job. Thought about him? Considered him? He's a perfect man. He's upright man. He's Jews evil. You thought about Job, Satan? He's my servant. It doesn't make sense. 
you serve God, you, you look after God, and you think God will just watch after you and, and just want to protect you from everything. And he, he is a, a, a good father, wants to protect us, but he also wants us to grow. He wants us to get stronger than we are. But he offered him up. Verse 8, he offers up his servant. God calls him a servant. And then verse 9, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? He's saying, yeah, what you say about your servant. You're a liar, God. That's what he's, he's calling God a liar. He's saying that... Uh, all, the, all, the, all this that he has, verse 10, hast thou not made an hedge about him, about his house, about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in, thy, in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he'll curse thee to thy face. So Job says to God, God, put your hand on him, he'll curse you. He'll curse you. And God's already said, Satan, you've been going up and down the earth trying to figure out who you want to play with, who you want to destroy. What about my, my servant? My servant, Job. And then Satan basically says, God, you're a liar. That spirit, that spirit of pride, I mean, that was, that was the spirit that got him out of heaven way back when. You know, God says, whatever the commandment God wants to give you, Satan says, no, you don't have to do that. And that spirit's in us, too, because we're made in the image of Adam. But that old spirit, that old spirit of pride, it's, it's deadly. But verse 12, we get on down here to, But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee thy face. Verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. God says, okay, everything that he's got, it's yours. Do what you need to. You have the power. I'm giving you the power. All that he hath is in thy power, Satan. God said to Satan, all that he hath, it's in thy power. All Job has is in thy power. And he had to get permission. He could only do what God allowed him to do. God said to him, have you considered him? And then he says, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, he's blessed. He's all this stuff that you said about him, God, sure. But let me, let me get a hold of him. He'll curse you. He didn't say, he just said he'll curse you. He didn't say he's going to go out and, and try to get vengeance and try to kill people or he's going to be covetous. He, he said he's going to curse you. He said he's going to go out and fornicate. He says he's going to curse you. Verse 12 is a reminder. I'm not in control. Somebody told me recently that control is an illusion. It's not in the Bible, but somebody told me that, and it's a pretty profound little statement that they told me here recently. But I'm reminded of that in verse 12 when I, when I read that. And not to say, oh, I can't just, you no, know, pity me, I can't do, no, I mean, I have control over what I say and what I do and what I think, right? But what I'm saying is this life, the things that happen, chance and time, it's, 
It's just it's what the Bible says is going to be part of life in Ecclesiastes. Okay, where are we at? Verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the savings fell upon them, took them away. Yea, they have slain the, the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So verse 14 and 15, we, we, we learned that he was the greatest man in the East early on in the chapter. Um, of all the men in the East, he was the greatest in verse 3. But Satan's got permission from God to touch everything but his body. He leaves, and here we go. Here's, here's how he's starting to touch him. So he's taking all of his equipment, all of his, all of his, his tractors, and all of his, everything that he's got to, to, to farm, it's gone. The equipment's gone. Then we get down, and the, the operators of the equipment, they're gone, servants. Verse 16, while he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep, and the servants consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So now the clothing's given. God says he's given the goats and the sheep his clothing for us. And his meat and more of his livelihood is gone, and also the service to take care of that. Verse 16, it's been taken from him. Verse 17, while he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and carried away, carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So all of his, all the vehicles, all the, all the sports cars, the trucks, everything, they're gone. All the, all the drivers are gone. Now that's there. And there's more. Verse 17. We'll get to verse 18. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. And said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are all dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Now the kids are gone. House fell in on them. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. I sure hope I would react that way. He fell down and worshipped. Job did right there in that verse what a man does that knows and loves God. That would be the right reaction. Verse 21, and said, and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. First uh, Timothy six seven I think the Bible talks about we come in this world with nothing we leave this world with nothing. That's the the, the companion verse to that truth there that we we've got nothing that we're coming in here with we're leaving with nothing. One thing we leave this world with to be our soul and our faith Amen. if we're in Christ. 
So we're going to chapter 2. So I'll going back to real quick, verse 20, um, verse 22. In, in all this, all that, Job, Job lost everything physically. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So Satan offered, God offered up his, son, his, his servant, and Satan said, oh, he's going to curse you. Well, he lied, and God proved Satan as a liar right here. And all this, Job said not. He knew his son. Can, can, here's a question for us all this morning. Can God trust you with that? Can God take everything from you? Take your kids from you, take your business from you, take your wealth from you, take your prosperity from you. Can you take all that from you? And will you still not foolishly sin against God? It gets better. Boy, I want to be there one day. That's where I'd like to be. That God can say, yep, Cameron, go ahead, Satan, do what you need to to him. That's my boy. He's going to do right. I know him. I, I, I put him through the fire. He's... He'll come out pure. Go ahead. Touch him. I hope, I hope that God doesn't offer me up. That I mean, just the flesh saying, no, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want to lose everything. I, I do not want that at all. In my, I don't want that for any of y'all either. But could God trust you? Could he trust you? Could he trust me? Verse uh, chapter 2 again. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among down to present himself before the Lord. Verse 2, And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. He's the God of this world, Satan is. Uh, he's referred to as Leviathan, you know, swimming in the great deep. He's, he's going to and fro up in this world. And it says over in Revelation that he's going... Day and night before the Lord, over in Revelation chapter 12. So we've got, to, we've got to repeat what's happened in verse 6. Chapter 1, we're seeing again, happened here in chapter 2, verse 2, up and down to and from the earth. And then verse 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. That's a rebuke to me. Satan moved God to take some action. And it wasn't um, a pleasant thing. And God, God took the action. He asked him. Now God did it for his glory that he would get the glory and he does receive it. But if Satan can move God... I need to get busy about talking with the Lord. We've got a big project coming up, y'all. 
big. Pastor said it. He's putting that foot out in the Jordan. I mean, the foot's in. I don't know how. You know where we're getting the money from? We don't know. God does, though. And this is where this is where God gets to really show who He is. And we can't please Him without faith. Can't, can't. It says it's impossible. So God's been moved. He says it. Talk tells Satan. He says, and still He holdeth fast His integrity, although Thou movest me against Him to destroy Him without cause. Job did nothing wrong. And I took everything from him. I'll let you take everything from him. He's a liar. Satan's a liar. Verse 4, And Satan answered the Lord, said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And behold, excuse me, and the Lord said unto Satan, verse 6, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. He's testing God again. Satan's testing God on what he knows about his son, about his servant Job. And the Lord says, okay, I know Job. He is going to do right. He's a perfect man. I know him. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. But you cannot take his life. You can't, you can't kill him. But his body, do what you need to. So went Satan forth, verse 7, from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore bulls from the sole of his foot until his crown. And he took him a pot shirt, to scrape himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. So verse 7, Satan goes to work, tries to do the best that he can, and he's affected by it. I mean, he puts it on him. He puts bulls all over him. Painful. Painful, painful thing to endure. In verse 9, so Satan's lost, I mean, Job's lost everything. He's lost everything but his actual life. Verse 9, then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. And that's kind of, as I read through this, so that's what I'm thinking the whole time as I'm reading this. I'm like, why are you being so, you know, why are you, why, why are you doing this? Why are you just, why are you doing this, Job? That's what that old flesh is just like, just nasty old flesh. And again, God offered up his servant. And Satan said, he's going to curse you. He's going to curse you. Verse 10. Excuse me. Verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. And he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? 
Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. This whole thing's been about what Job's going to say about it. Joe Biden what I got for $100 of groceries this week that old gas can you believe what it's costing now And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Numbers. I believe it's 17. No, 14. 14. Back up a little bit. Numbers 11. Chapter 11, verse 1. Numbers chapter 11. Verse 1. I still hear pages turning. All right. The Bible says, Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. And when the people complained... It displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. Stop right there. The word complains in your Bible is in the Bible 17 times. The murmur is in the Bible 33 times. It's sin. It's sin. This whole dialogue about Job, and it's one of the, probably the only portion of the Bible where we see God and Satan having a conversation. It's all about your servant's going to complain. Your servant's going to curse you with his mouth, with his lips. He's going to sin against you. If we go on into Numbers, we're getting close to time. If we're going into Numbers in, in chapter 14, and you read it later on today, that whole, that whole line of text is about, it's just about that. It's about just complaining. They're complaining, they're complaining, they're complaining. And the thousands died that day. I think 3,000 from complaining. And this whole thing about Job and Satan is about what's going to come out of Job's mouth. And guess what? What's in your heart 
Bible says is comes out of your mouth. And what is God looking for? A pure heart. A broken and contrite heart. A tender heart. It's sin. God, just go out and get you a six-pack of Budweiser and tear it down and drink it up rather than go out here and complain about whatever you're going to complain about today. It's the same thing. I'm not saying go out and get a six-pack of Budweiser and drink it. I'm just saying when you complain, it, it doesn't please God. It's sin. When you murmur, it's sin. That murmur is that murmur, 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 murmur. That's what it is. We're to be a people that rejoice. We're to be a people that are always giving thanks. We're to be a people that edify one another. A man is as he thinketh in his heart, says in Proverbs. You know, our attitude so much about everything in life, you know, is this. It's not halfway, but it's half full or half empty. You know, how, 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 are we, how are we looking at things in this life? Are we grateful? Are we thanking God for the trials and tribulations? Can God trust us with the trials and tribulations to bring Him glory? You know what Satan wants? This right here to be gone. He wants every one of us not coming in these doors and those doors to be shut. That's what he wants. And guess what God wants? He wants us to build a bigger place. So there's going to be a battle. There's going to be decisions made that you may not think are the best. Just be careful what you talk about. Satan wants this thing busted up, y'all. Telling you that's what he wants. He wants a division busted up. But God wants to restore families. God wants us to restore homes. God wants to restore newness of life. Father, thank you. Please help us. Please help us, Lord, through the message. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Please may you be glorified and high and lifted up in the hour to come. It's in your name we pray. Lord Jesus Christ's name, I ask these things. Amen.